This is Dr. Sal Cavalier coming at you in our inner lift office in Troy, Michigan. We'd like to welcome you today and our topic discussion is the aging face. We're going to be going over three areas in regards to rejuvenating the face and that is the traditional facelift. We'll be discussing the face and neck tight technique that we are now using. It's a new modern technology that helps to tighten the skin. And also we're going to review fine wrinkles or rightids as we say in medicine and how to address these underlying issues. So what, what are the causes of the aging face? Well, facial laxity, which occurs as a result of loss of subcutaneous tissue elasticity. And in older patients, there is more laxity because of facial muscle elongation. This results in the, the sagging of the malar fat pads, or what we call the cheeks, which then deepens those lines from the edge of the nose to the upper portion of the corner of the lip called the nasolabial folds. Below the mouth, just to the side of the uh, chin, is where we get these so-called jowl formations, or that hound dog appearance where a hound dog on the side of the mouth has that loose skin that has a tendency to sag particularly over the mandible or what we know what is known as the jawbone and when it comes to the neck we have laxity and what we call platysmal band diastasis which is where you get those bands that you start seeing towards the center portion of the neck and eventually we end up calling those the turkey gobbler so one has to understand what is happening at a profound level. For instance, deeper down, we have uh, the co uh, collagenous structures or what is known as collagen. And collagen starts to break down in the dermis of the skin and that's what holds the integrity of the skin together. There's reduced production of elastin and glycosaminoglycans, which gives the skin elasticity, strength, and its ability to recoil back. And glycosaminoglycans are the proteins that have a tendency to retain water and moisture in the skin. The question then asked is, when does one have a facelift or face-neck type procedure? And facelifts are best suited for older patients, usually around the age of 60 and above. And the reason being, the facial musculature has lengthened or stretched. With that being the case, gaining access to the facial muscles, incisions are performed in the most inconspicuous areas, particularly in the skin creases in front of the ear, what we call the preauricular crease, and then behind the ear or the postauricular sulcus. A skin flap is elevated and then the facial muscles are shortened. The facial muscles are enveloped by a fascial tissue called the superficial muscular aponeurosis system, or SMAS. This is a broad, flat sheet of dense fibrous tissue that invests and covers and forms the facial musculature as well as its attachments. It's the SMAS that is now folded or plicated with permanent sutures. So these shortened muscles will eventually remodel and the muscles now acquire a newly shorter resting length. An example of this is seen when somebody breaks their arm and wears a cast for six weeks. Once the cast is removed, the patient has to undergo physical therapy to stretch the arm. He or she can't let it down because the bicep has acquired a new resting length and it's now shorter. The recovery from a facelift is about a week. 
and one can expect bruising and swelling, and pain is minimal. If anything, the patient feels tightness, not so much pain. The benefits of a facelift is that it lasts for a good 10 years or more. And 10 years later, after you had it done, you'll look as, as if you did when you first walked in 10 years earlier for the facelift. This is in one respect, this in one respect has a tendency to reset the time clock. So if you have a facelift done today, you will look like you did today 10 years from now. So that, in, with that being said, we're going to move forward into the new technology that we have available here at Interlift MD, and that is the new face and neck type procedure by InMode. And this is more suited for younger women between the ages of 40 to 55 or so. At this stage in life, you start to see skin laxity. And uh, the, however, the lengthening and stretching of the facial muscles has not taken place. But this starts to draw concerns to someone of this age group because they begin to see changes of aging. And of course, I, I don't feel... Uh, old, but my skin on my face is beginning to sag, and we can go on and on and on with that. They begin to realize that underneath the chin, there's a little overhang of skin and some fat. Now, is this enough to warrant a face um, and neck lift? In the past, I refused to perform a procedure on someone this young until I met a woman age 65 who looked fantastic and was getting her third facelift. I asked why she told me, I, when, when I did ask her um, why she was getting another facelift, she told me that she, she didn't want to look old before having a facelift performed. Her idea of growing old was to appear as if she never aged, which was fascinating and it, and it, and it captured my attention. So she had her first facelift done at age 45, then at 55, and now she's having it done for the third time at 65. But if you take a look at her pictures throughout the years, it appeared as if she never aged. Now, with that concept, or with that philosophy, the beauty of the face and neck tight procedure using radiofrequency is that the procedure is less invasive, and requires no surgery or, or, I'm sorry, it doesn't require incisions to be made. The complication rate is significantly less than a facelift, although in, in the hands of a good and experienced surgeon, your complication rate is lower. Although bruising and swelling is much more minimal than a facelift, that can also happen too as well. One is able to return to work sooner depending on their line of work. So in other words, if you were doing work that requires you to bend over and lift heavy objects, that's not advised at least within the first couple of days after a face or neck tight. Although with a facelift, I may require that you take at least a week off before you do that. Now, if you're doing a desk job, more than likely you could do that the following day because I get my patients to walk the day of the procedure. You go on the so-called Dr. Sales walking program, which is 10 minutes walking three times a day, and that helps to increase blood circulation, which improves the healing process. So, Let's talk about the, uh, the face and neck tight uh, procedure. The way it works, it's by transmitting radiofrequency energy to the dermal and subcutaneous tissue. 
of the skin. This is performed by placing a cannula with a metal tip just beneath the skin. The tip has two parts. The one part emits the energy, which is radio frequency, and the other one is a thermometer that registers the temperature from the heat that's being emitted. And this has a computerized shutoff mechanism, therefore eliminating any chances of burning the skin. So the objective here now is threefold. It is to uh, ablate any of the collagenous structures. For instance, the fibroceptal um, uh, network that holds the skin down to the underlying soft tissue muscle or bone. And by doing that, that eventually tightens. And also when it's uh, rejuvenated, it also adds more strength and pulling that skin down to the underlying tissue. It also starts to ablate the dermis, which is made up of collagen, as I said before. Now, what happens with aging is, is that the collagen molecules start to break down. And as it starts to break down, that's when we start developing the skin laxity and we start forming wrinkles in our skin. Well, what ends up happening after we ablate it, the body's healing processes will start to develop that collagen and build it up even more. But in the meantime, as it's building it up, the structures of it microscopically are now evenly distributed. In other words, it's almost like taking a building after an earthquake and seeing that all the bricks are all in disarray. That's what happens to us as we age. But when we take those bricks down and we rebuild the wall, we notice that the bricks are all perfectly aligned. And that's what happens during the healing process is a nice parallel alignment of the collagenous molecules, which then enhances the tensile strength of the skin and alleviating and, and tightening the skin as well as alleviating the wrinkles. There's also coagulation that's also uh, taking place and that's where you get a reduced or a reduction in the bruising and swelling because you are um, coagula you're coagulating the, the blood vessels and cauterizing them in a way that it reduces any bleeding subcutaneously. And of course, there's some of the nonspecific heat that's absorbed by the fat cells, which then helps to liquefy the fat. And that also helps to cause a redistribution of the fat and alleviating some of the lumpy bumpiness that's underneath the skin. So at this point, we have these two procedures the facelift, which, as I said before, is more suited for the elderly patients, and the new face tight and neck tight, which is for the younger patients that want to have that so-called anti-aging effect, which keeps you younger looking throughout the years when other people are actually aging. Now, what I like to talk about are the fine wrinkles that take place in the face. And we see this more commonly with people with what we call a Fitzpatrick one or two skin type. Those are the very, very light, light skinned individuals that have a tendency to burn when they're exposed to the sun, as opposed to someone who may tan from uh, the same amount of exposure. And what happens here is again, we get a breakdown of the various subcutaneous protein molecules like your collagen, elastin, and the glycosaminoglycans. When we get a breakdown of that, we lose 
the integrity of the skin and the skin starts to develop envelopes and we start getting that accordion effect of the skin. With that, you if you did a facelift, uh, depending on where the wrinkles are at, you can help reduce some of those wrinkles. But the best way to treat these is either with a deep chemical peel, which we've reverted back to doing now because as time goes on, you know, the pendulum has swung back to a methodology that I used back 30 years ago that gave, in my opinion, better results than the two, uh, CO2 fractional laser or the Erbium Eag laser. There was some preparation prior to doing the chemical peel, which helped to condition the skin, which helped to heal it much quicker than when the lasers came out, when a lot of the companies that were selling them and the vendors were recommending that we didn't have to prep the skin or condition the skin uh, as we did with the chemical peels. Usually I like to get my patients on tretinoic acid uh, or Retin-A, which it's, it is a, it's the only retinol that stimulates the fibroblasts to produce more collagen and fiber and, and elastin. And that also helps with improving the skin and also conditioning the skin prior to a procedure like a chemical peel or even a CO2 laser. It'll help the skin to heal much, much quicker, getting better results and faster results. So the objective with the chemical peel today, and we use a 30% trichloroacetic acid or TCA peel, and we're doing and utilizing Obagi's technique with the blue peel. And what that does is it allows us to see uh, more vividly the depth of the peel during the procedure. Uh, years ago, when we were doing this, we didn't have access to it. We had our patients done under general anesthesia, and we had to observe it very carefully to see how deep the peel was going based on the color changes of the skin while it was coagulating the skin itself. The laser, uh, you could determine the depth of the laser and what that does is the laser causes a thermal injury just like the uh, face tight. However, it does it superficially and it penetrates down into the skin to the dermal layer where again, the collagen and the elastin fibers are noted. And it damages this collagen and elastin. And then during the repair, that's when everything starts to tighten up. The, the problem with the CO2 is, is when they started making it fractional, uh, they were letting people know that the recovery time was much quicker because there wasn't any damage done to the epidermis, which is the top layer of skin. Although you're gonna get some redness for five to seven days, uh, there is not so much scabbing as there is with the chemical peel. The chemical peel, you do uh, require at least another week of recovery time where it, you could feel confident enough to go out and maybe put some makeup on to cover any discolorations still that's healing from the, the, um, the procedure. However, I think long-term, the benefits of a chemical peel last more so than the CO2. The approach to the chemical peel does give better results and faster recovery from the standpoint that six months later, your skin is completely new. You've gotten down below the, uh, the depths of the, the wrinkles or any large pores. And so those are eliminated. And the other benefit of 
the chemical peel is that it, lim- it eliminates a lot of the age discolorations that we see in the skin because those are hyperpigmentations that are caused by excessive amount of melanin that's being secreted by the melanocytes. And what we're doing with the chemical peel is actually going below that. So all this discoloration, large pores, small fine wrinkles are all eliminated because we're we're basically coagulating the skin below those levels down to the upper reticular dermis or the immediate uh, reticular dermis and eliminating that. And then when the skin re-epithelializes, when new skin starts to grow in, you basically have brand new skin. (laughs) And there's no other way to put it, but the results are phenomenal. That being said, it not only alleviates a lot of the things that we just mentioned, but it also helps to tighten the skin. Not so much to be able to lift the skin and to get some of the the laxity, but it does tighten it and, and gives you an improved appearance from that standpoint too as well. With all of this, we've talked about the facelift. We talked about face and neck tight by InMode, and we also compared the CO2 laser with the uh, trichloroacetic acid peel. And we've discussed the sagging face as well as the fine wrinkles. We'd like to have you come in and talk to us further in a consultation if you're interested. I am Dr. Sal Cavalier here at Interlift MD in Troy, Michigan. Have a wonderful day.